This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Rucham Abam to the Kala Agar de Perka. Welcome everyone. And um, as we prepare for Parshas Toldois, I just want to give you an advance warning that everything you do or say could be held against you in a court of law. Because we're on, uh, we're streaming on different media, uh, internet, phones, photographers, video cameras. We're bugs. You have to be very careful today. Um, if anybody wants to make a joke, it better be funny. Okay. So, Parish has told us. Rivka Yemenu was waiting a very long time. She's, uh, she was Mespalel. Yitzhak was Mespalel. Finally, Pihine Saimim Bivitna. And the Torah tells us, The two children are struggling. And she says, what's going on? If this is what's happening, what am I? Why did I want this? So she went to investigate of God. This is a very strange um, piece of information over here. The kids were struggling. I mean, what do you think babies do in their mother's womb? What, they sit there like a lemela? Carrying a child, it hurts. Well, what did Rivka think? Rivka thought it was a piece of cake. Rivka thought it would make her life more pleasant to be carrying children. I mean, she knew what she's in for. No woman thinks that carrying a child is a is an easy thing. So... So the kids are struggling. Big deal. That's what she was davening for. <laughs> so she says, If it's, if this is the case, then what did I want this for? Okay. So she went to investigate of God. We know she went to the base medrash of shame. God told her through the agent of the Navi, Don't worry. You're going to have two nations. And two regimes, Mimeyach Yiparedu, will separate from your loins. One will be stronger than the other. The Rav Yavoyt Sawyer and the oldest one will serve the younger one. So if Rivka is upset that she's having labor pains, exactly what is the big Nechama? Don't worry, you're going to have two nations. You know, it's wonderful. But I don't, I don't, I'm not enjoying the pain. How does that address her issue? And then Rashi points out, that the word Goyim, even though it's red Goyim, is spelled Geyim. It's spelled, the Ksiv is Gimel Yud Yud Mem, which Rashi says means um, majestic ones. Geyim Ksiv, Kamai Goyim. Who does this refer to? Elu Antonino Sarabi. This refers to two great people in history by the name of Antoninos and Rabbi Huda Hanasi. And what was so great about them? Shalai Pasko Meal Shulchanam. That it never ceased from upon their tables. Loit sinoin, not radishes. Vloit chazares, not lettuce. Loit b'yimay sachama, not in the summer. Vloit b'yimay sachama, not in the rain. So here's this woman. She doesn't know what's going on in her life. She's having terrible pains. By the way, Rashi points out, what were these kids struggling over? They were struggling over, um, not, they were having a philosophical argument. They were having a philosophical debate. Rashi brings down a number two. That this Ritza, was the following. When she passed by uh, the uh, Besa Medrash, Yaakov was running to Gamat. <clears throat> when she passed by the Pesach of Avodah Zarah, Esav was Mefarches Lasses. So she thinks to herself, she doesn't know she has two kids. She thinks to herself, she has one kid who's schizophrenic. 
He has one kid who, who's a Meshugana. He doesn't know what he wants. Does he want Tyra? Or does he want Avedazara? So she was very confused. She was very upset. What kind of child do I have? So we ready for the Nechama? Don't worry! You're going to have two kids. One is going to be a Tzaddik, and one is going to be a Rasha. Now, who specifically were they referring to? Rebbe and Antoninus. And what's so great about Rebbe and Antoninus? That they always eat radishes and lettuce. Can you imagine? So here we have a woman. She's worried. What's going to be with my future? Here I have a kid. He wants to jump to the base medrash. And he wants to come to the house of the Zara. So the Navi says, don't worry. Relax. Calm your horses. You're going to have one kid as a tzaddik. And one kid who'll be the biggest murderer in the history of the world. You know what he'll be responsible for? The Spanish Inquisition. The Holocaust. The pogroms. But don't worry, one good guy will come out of him who's gonna eat radishes! So everything will be okay! Because he's gonna eat lettuce and radishes. So if she was, uh, upset and disturbed before this conversation with shame, this should have put her over the edge. What exactly is so calming that she's gonna have a child, by a descendant, by the name of Antoninus, who's gonna eat radishes? You think Rivka could care less? Whether Antoninus has radishes in the summer or doesn't have radishes. That's like I said, the Navi says, don't worry. Even on a day like today when it's raining outside, your descendant Antoninus will go to Wasserman's and the store, it will be, sh- it will be stacked with radishes and lettuce. Well, what's going on over here? And if she's worried about Esav, if Rivka's worried about Esav, <clears throat> Is the best Nechama, oh, don't worry, someone good will come out of Esav. His name is Antoninus. That's the best good descendant that could come out of Esav. There's so many good Gerim that came out of Esav. You know what? Shame should have told um, Rivka. Shame should have told Rivka. Rivka, don't worry. There's going to be a man by the name of Nero Kezar, and he's going to convert. And from him, Remain is going to come. So, and um, Hashem should have told Rivka, don't worry, Remeir is going to come from you. Or don't worry, Unclus is going to come from you. Or don't worry, Shemayim Avtalion is going to come from you. What do, they, what, is, what do they come up with? The Navi said, don't worry, you're going to have somebody by the name of Antoninus. Well, we'll have to learn whether Antoninus even converted or not. And Antoninus is always going to eat radishes and lettuce. So Rivka, oh, that's wonderful. He's going to be very healthy. He's going to have a lot of salad. And now I'm, I feel much better. Now, you know, my, my worries about um, Esau being a mass murderer are much calmer now. Now that I know that, um, that, that Antoninus is going to eat his veggies. That, that's, that's wonderful. So the question is, what exactly is the big nechama that Antoninus is going to come from Esau? What's the difference between boy and Lumi? What? The difference between Goyim and Lomim. Goyim are nations, the regimes. But we're not, no, we're not, uh, off the, off the topic. <clears throat> okay. So the Gemara says, in Masech Tavoy Dezara, and Afyura Medbez, regarding the, uh, this Antoninus. By the way, when we talk about Antoninus, we're referring to, we're referring to, um, Marcus, Aurelius Antoninus, who was the Roman Emperor from six one from the year one sixty one to one eighty of the Common Era. Okay, so we're talking about uh, Marcus Aurelius Antoninus. His father was also the emperor, 
Antoninus Pius, who ruled from 138 to 161. And the Gemara Mestasa tells us that Antoninus and Rebbe had a very unique relationship. The Gemara Mestasa Avadazar, Daf Yudam Advei, says like this. No, this is the wrong sheet. We don't have any more. Okay. Yeah? The Gemara says like this. Havalei Hahi Nekarta. There was a cave, an underground tunnel. That went from the house of Antoninus to the house of Rebbe. Now you should know that throughout the history of the land of Israel, there have always been hundreds and thousands of underground tunnels. It's a fact. The tunnel system abounded in Israel since ancient time. And there was a tunnel from the house of, Re- of Antoninus to the house of Rebbe. Now what's very interesting is that where exactly did Antoninus live? Antoninus, well, he lived in Rome. He lived in an area of Eretz Yisrael called Rome. Okay, this is during the Roman occupation of Israel. They named a certain location Rome in Israel. And, Rabbi, and um, Antoninus was the Romans' uh, ambassador to their, their um, surf, surf state of Eretz Yisrael. And there was a cave, an underground tunnel, that went from the house of Antoninus all the way to Rebbe's house. And what did Antoninus do? He would bring two servants with him. One he would kill above the Bay Rebbe, on Rebbe's entrance. And one he would kill on the way home. In other words, he would go in the underground cave, okay, and he would be accompanied by two slaves. One he would kill when he got to Rebbe's house, one he would kill when he got home. Because he didn't want anyone tattling on him. If, if anyone would know, if in Rome they would find out that Antoninus was going to learn Torah from the God of Adar, that would be suicidal. That would be like saying that Obama has an underground tunnel going to B'nai Brak, to Reb Chaim Knievsky, and every day he sneaks under the Atlantic Ocean to go learn Torah from Reb Chaim Knievsky. What? <clears throat> so that's what was happening over there. So the question is, the question is, how is Antonius allowed to do this? He can't kill. It's on the Zion. This is Nenach. So the, the Toysus points out he would take Avodim that were Chayiv Misa anyway. He tells Rebbe that I want you to know that when I come to learn Torah from you, I don't want anyone to be there. This cannot leak out. Sure enough, he comes to learn Torah from Rebbe and Rebbe Chanina Bar is sitting there. So Antonius says, Rebbe, didn't I tell you I don't want anyone being there when we come to learn Torah together? So Rebbe says, this man, less Bar Inish, he's not a man, he's not a person, he's like an angel. So Antoninus wanted to see exactly who <coughs> Rabbi Hanina ben Chama was. So he said, do me a favor, I have a servant that's sleeping outside. Go wake him up. Now the servant wasn't sleeping. I mean, he was sleeping, but he, he wasn't waking up, right? He was dead, because Antoninus had killed him before he came into Rabbi's house. So Rabbi Hanina ben Chama goes over to the Eved. He said, uh, wake up. He pulls his eyes up, he's knocking him out. No, he doesn't wake up. So he said, I don't know what to do. If I'm going to go and tell Antoninus the Ebed is dead, there's a halacha that if somebody sends you to do them a mission, if someone asks you to do them a favor, it's a halacha, you're not allowed to come back to them with bad news. Ain mashivan al hakakala. So I'm not allowed to tell him the Ebed's dead. Elamai, I should go and tell him. I shouldn't go and tell him anything. It's not Derech Eretz. So Reb Chanina ben Chama had no choice but to daven and revive the slave. So he woke up the slave and he 
And he go, he went to, uh, to, uh, Antoninus and he said, yeah, I woke him up. So Antoninus saw, yeah, this guy's no, he's no Ben Adam. He's not an Adam. <laughs> but nevertheless, he tells Antonina, Antoninus tells Rabbi, look, I do not want anyone to be here when I come to visit you. Okay. The Gemara continues. That when Antoninus came to Rabbi, <clears throat> he would be Mishamish Rabbi. He would feed him. He would give him to drink. When Rebbe wanted to go up to his bed, Antoninus would get down on all four. He would say, climb on top of me to your bed. Rebbe would say, lav oirach aro lezalzuli b'machus It's not derech eretz to be disparaging, to demean the king. Says Antoninus, halavai I should be your doormat in Olam Haba. Halavai I should be your doormat in the world to come. So Antonina says, are you telling me I'm going to have a share in Olam Abba? But Chazal say in Sapasuk, Lo yiyasarid lebeis Esav. That Esav will have no remnant in the days, in the future days. So, so Rebbe says, no, that's only people who act like Esav. But those who act proper like you, you will have a share in the world to come. So the Gemara is telling us that there's a very unique relationship between Antoninus and Rebbe. Antoninus would actually climb and crawl through an underground tunnel Every single day, not once in a while, every single day, Rebbe would have a visitor, Antoninus would come to learn from Rebbe. Now this was at the last 17 years of Rebbe's life, when Rebbe lived in Sipori. So at that period of time, Antoninus would come and learn from him. Now take a look, Rebbe Victor Miller has a Sefer, Exalted People. And if you look in um, paragraph 420, he comments that if you were to search the ancient annals of history, Roman history, to read about Antoninus' relationship with Rebbe, you would see nothing about it. This would have been suicide for Antoninus to let on that he's coming to learn Torah from Rebbe. But, nevertheless, says Rabbi Victor Miller, this was a most unusual episode in his- history. The Roman emperor became the devoted disciple of the Nasi. By means of one of the underground tunnels, which abounded in the land of Israel, and which were famous in the war of Betar, Antoninus visited his teacher frequently, which the Gemara says every day. And if you look in Mesech the Sanhedrin, you'll see Antoninus asked Rebbe many, many questions. Ah, so now we can understand a very important nevu on this week's passion. Shame tells Rivka Imenu, Verav Yavod Tzair, Esav, the older one, will serve Yaakov, the younger one. When did that ever happen? When did that ever happen? During the Holocaust? During the Inquisition? During the pogroms? When in the last 2,000 years did Esau ever serve Yaakov? It only happened 17 years in history. When Antoninus would come every day to learn Torah from Rebbe, get down on all four, Rebbe would stand on his back and get into his bed. Verav this is the fruition of the Nevuah, of the Navi Hashem, that Esav will serve Yaakov. Ah! Oh, but now this is very important, and you should know, that Antoninus serving Rebbe was very likely the single most important historical event in Jewish history. Say what? That's a very bold statement. What was so important about Antoninus giving Rebbe breakfast? The answer is, if I were to ask you, what is the, what is the purpose of this world? 
Why did Rebbein Shalom create the world? For two reasons. Bereshis bar elikim. Bishvil Yisrael shenikra reishis. Bishvil Torah shenikra reishis. Hashem created the world for Klal Yisrael to learn Torah. Which Torah? Torah Shabbat Chsav or Torah Shabbat Peh? Torah Shabbat Peh. The main relationship that God has with the Jewish people is with the oral law. Ki alpi hadvarim ha'ele karati itcha bris. Like karas ha'kadosh baruchu bris in Yisrael. Ela b'shvil Torah Shabbat Peh. Says Rabbi Yochanan and Gittin Samach Amad Beis. That's rabbinic Judaism. <clears throat> that is Judaism. That's the only rabbinic Judaism, Judaism, right? Yeah. <clears throat> You'll say, what do you mean? Chumash! No, not Chumash. Tanakh! Not Tanakh. You know why? Because the Chumash and the Tanakh were co-opted by the other religions. Because since they were in print, they were stolen. <coughs> and they were misinterpreted. And they were hijacked. And they were corrupted. So God can make a covenant with the Jewish people with something that all nations have access to. The only way we can make a covenant is something that it's only between us and God, the oral law. Before the time of Rebbe, the Chachamim were reeling. Because of Roman occupation, the Jewish Chachamim had so little, little power, they cannot even appoint a Rosh Masifta. They cannot even appoint the head of an academy. Comes Antoninus, and he forges this relationship with the Rebbe. He creates great peace in the land of Israel. <coughs> Rebbe enjoys a status that no Chachamim before him ever enjoyed. <coughs> Rebbe is now like the king of the land, to the point where even the Roman emperor is subservient to him. Rebbe then became the Reish Masifta. Rebbe then gathered all the Chachme Yisrael together and redacted the Torah Shabbat the Mishnayat. Had it not been for Antoninus' relationship with Rebbe, we can safely say we would not be here today. Because the Jewish people without Tarshabal Peh cannot exist. And therefore, of all the descendants of Esau, maybe even more than Reb Meir, and maybe even more than Onklus, and maybe even more than Shmai Avtalion, which one was most critical to the future of the Jewish people? Antoninus. And therefore, Rivka's worried, what's going to be with my, my children? I see I'm having a Yaakov. <laughs> Very good. But there's also a Chayara in my, in, in my, in my stomach. And this Chayara is going to cause so much trouble to my descendants that what's going to be? Are they going to have a future? So you know what the Nechama was. Nechama is, don't worry! You know who else you, you know who's going to come from Esav? Antoninus. You know what Antoninus is going to do? He's going to forge a relationship with Rebbe. It's going to afford Rebbe the opportunity to get, to have Shalom be Yisrael, to gather all the Chachme Yisrael, and to redact the Mishnayis, and thereby the Gemara, and thereby the Jewish people have a future. Ah, oh, Rivka says, Tarshabal Peh. Now Klai Yisrael has a future. So that is possibly why, of all the descendants of Esau, the one which was most consoling to Rivka, was Antoninus. Because Antoninus provided the future for Torah Shabbat So maybe we could suggest that Rivka says the following. could say, Api Drush. The children are struggling. And Rivka says, Im Cain, if I'm going to have an Esav with my Yaakov, you know what this Esav is going to do? 
He's going to say the Torah is his. He's going to say Torah Shebuchsav is his. What do I need Torah Shebuchsav for? Anoichi. What's Anoichi? Aseres Hadibrois. Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. Anoichi. What good is Torah Shebuchsav if there's going to be an ace of a Christian world, right? And you have every hotel in the world. You open up your drawer next to your bed. Holly Bibble, right there. Right? So what good is Yaakov Avinu, if you're going to have an Esav, he's going to steal everything, he's going to co-opt everything. So what did Rivka do? Vatelech Lidroish Es Hashem. Es Lerabois Talmidei Chachamim. She says, what's going to be with the Tar Shabal Peh? Anoichi is not going to cut it. Because the Anoichi is going to be stolen by Esav. Vatelech Lidroish Es Hashem. So they said, don't worry. There's going to be an Antoninus. Antoninus is going to allow Rabbi Huda Anosi to make sure there's a Tar Shabal Peh. Which, by the way, the Rambam writes, Alpi Hashkoch Pratis, the Tar Shabal Peh was not allowed to be recorded until the advent of Christianity. So that they'll never be able to claim it as their own. They'll never be able to steal it. Because the main covenant between God and the Jewish people is a Tar Shabbat. Okay, so this was the historic relationship between Rebbe and Antoninus. This is a historic relationship between Rebbe and Antoninus. So we, what we would like to discuss this morning is this Antoninus, he must have been a special guy if he had the courage and the bravery to venture out in this underground tunnel and come learn Torah from the Gadol Adar and eventually allow for the the greatest um, work in, the, in our history, in the Mishnayis, where did this Antoninus come from? Let's learn a little bit about his character to, to understand how this Antoninus allowed for such a thing. So we have a detail in a toysvis, in the Sech Zara, in astounding detail. Take a look at number six. Aminam b'medrash. We say in the medrash, Cholov metame, Cholov metahe. Milk makes you impure. Milk makes you pure. Says toysvis, in the name of the medrash. Kishanoi lad Rebbe. When Rebbe was born, Gazru, the Romans made a decree, Shaloi Lamal, not to circumcise. Ve'ave v'himai malu. And his father and mother circumcised him. Shalach Kezer revealed Rebbe, the Imai Lefana. The Caesar seized Rebbe and his father and mother. What happened? So, right, they're about to be, be presented in front of the Caesar. And the Caesar is going to say, why did you give your kid a Mila? So, you know what Rebbe did? Rebbe's, excuse me, you know what Rebbe's father did? Rebbe's father took a different kid. You know who Rebbe's father took? Antoninus. And he, instead of bringing Rebbe in front of the Caesar, he took baby Antoninus. And who nursed Antoninus on the way to the Caesar? Rebbe's mother nursed Antoninus. And she nursed him. So the Caesar opens up the kid. Lo and behold, he's an Aral. He says to his attendants, what's going on? What are you bringing me? Are you mocking me? So the Hegmon said, No, I saw with my own eyes the parents give the kid a Mila, but their God loves them so much, He makes miracles for them. They abolished the Gezerah, says Toysus in the name of Yushami. Antoninus went to learn Torah. 
He was Megayer, and he had a Mila. So lo and behold, Tysus is saying that Antoninus eventually was circumcised. He learned Tyra. He converted. And what gave him this supernatural ability? The milk of Rebbe's mother. Right? You ever see these advertisements? Got milk? Yeah? So you can put Antoninus on the, you know, picture of Antoninus. Antoninus came, where did he come from? The milk of Rebbe's mother. Okay? So let's get more details of the story in the Sefer Menaras Hamar of Rabbi Yitzchak Abuhav. Yitzchak Abuhav lived in uh, 14th century Spain. His work, Menaras Hamar, was translated into many languages, into Yiddish, into Ladino, into German. He writes, <clears throat> One time, the Romans made a decree that uh, the Jewish people cannot circumcise their children. At that time, Rebbe was born. So who is Rebbe's father? Rebbe Shim Gamliel said, what are we going to do? We're not going to circumcise our kid. We have to circumcise our kid, and whatever comes will come. Sure enough, <clears throat> the Tsar found out about it, and they said to Rebbe Shim Gamliel, look, you're a very honorable man, we owe you a lot of kavod, but nevertheless, nevertheless, the, uh, the Caesar made this decree, we have no choice but to summon you and your child to appear before the Caesar. Okay? So what they do, they went, they traveled to the Caesar, they got to a hotel, and lo and behold, the owner of the hotel was Antoninus' father. And who was born at that time? Antoninus. So the mother of Rebbe went to the mother of Antoninus, and they started talking, and she told her the whole story, and Antoninus' mother said, you know what, you look like a nice woman, take my kid, who's not mal, and you give me your kid, and save yourself, and that's what she did. So she goes to the Tsar, so they report that uh, this couple circumcised their kid, they, the Tsar, the Caesar takes a look at the kid, so what are you talking about, this kid doesn't have a mila, you're mocking me. So the, the, the general said, no, I saw with my own eyes, the kid was given a mila, but their God always answers them. So the, the, the Caesar said, what are you talking about, you're, you're Meshuggah, he killed the general. He was Mavatel the Gzera. Rebbe's mother is headed back to the inn. She comes back to the house of the mother of Antoninus. The mother of Antoninus says, Look, my son was switched for your son. I nursed your son. It's only right that our kids should get together. Let's start making play dates between our kids. You know, we'll invite each other to their houses. Says Menars Hamar. As a reward for the milk that Antoninus nursed from the mother of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he was Zoycha to learn Taira and serve Rebbe, and he got Oilam Hazen, and he got Oilam Hava. It's all in the milk. It's all in the milk. Got milk. Got milk. In fact, in fact, Megala Mukais, Megala Mukais, Nasanata Shapira, who had a very prestigious Tavrusa by the name of Eliyoh Navi, And Megala Mukos writes, by the way, when Megala Mukos wrote 250, 222 Perushim on the first Pasuk in Parshish Ra'az Khanan, Moshe Rabbeinu was Mispalo, Ebra Navi, Eretz, So on that two-word tefillah, Ebra Na, Megala Mukos writes 222 Perushim. He wrote a fat sefer on those two words. Okay? So he says, what was Moshe Mispalo for? When he said Ebrana, he was davening that Antoninus should like Rebbe. How do we see that in the words Ebrana? Oh, very simple. 
Ebrana, of course, stands for? Aleph, Antoninus. Ayin, Aurel. Antoninus is Aurel. Bez, Bris. Reish, Rabinu. Hey, Hakadosh. Ebra. In other words, Antoninus being an Aurel saved Rebbe, Rebbe skin who had the bris. Now listen to this. Not only was Antoninus a descendant of Esav, and Rebbe a descendant of Yaakov, listen carefully. Antoninus was the Gilgal of Esav, and Rebbe was the Gilgal of Yaakov. And, listen carefully, Rebbe is called what? Rabbeinu HaKadosh. What bracha of Shmanesi corresponds to Yaakov Avinu? Avois is Avraham. Gvurois, Mechayim Isim is Yitzchak, because after the Akedah, Pekid of Lezer says he made the bracha on Baruch Mechayim Amesim. And what's the third bracha of Shmona Esrei? Ata? Kadosh! So what's Rebbe called? Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Yaakov Avinu is Mesakein Ata Kadosh. He's called Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Okay? One second, one second. Fasten your seatbelts. You ready for this? Rebbe is called Rebbe Huda Hanasi. You know what Hanasi stands for? Nitzutz Shel Yaakov Avinu. Rebbe Huda was a Nitzutz Shel Yaakov Avinu. And Esav was a Gogol of Antoninus. You know what Ebra no stands for? Says Magal Mukas. Antoninus, Esav, Bimei, Rabbeinu, Hakadosh, Nitzotz Echad. They're one spark. They're one spark. Because you know, Tuumim, twins, they come from one tipa. So Yaakov and Esav, Antoninus and Rebbe, they come from the same cloth. Okay. One, let's just take it a little further. We know the Midah of Avraham was what? Chesed. Yitzchak's Midah was what? Gevura. <coughs> Yaakov Avinu's Midah? Tiferes. Tiferes. What is Rabbi Yehuda Anasi's first comment in Perkei Avos? Rabbi Oimer. Ezo hi derech yeshara sheyavr lehi adam. Kol shehi tiferes la'aseha. The Tiferes Loi Minha Adam. Rabbi Huda Hanasi emphasizes and highlights the Midah of Tiferes. That is the Midah of Yaakov Avinu. Okay. Comes the, comes the Ben Yoyada. Yeah? Comes the Ben Yoyada. And the Ben Yoyada says like this. Rabbi is the Gilgal of Yaakov. And Antoninos, he's the Nitzvah Tzavesa. So Antoninus comes to this world. He says, look, I messed up the first time around. Now I'm here to rectify, to serve you, to be Mekayim, Varav Yavoy Tzoyer. So what does Rebbe say? Rebbe says, look, don't get involved with all these, you know, uh, heavenly calculations, these Shamayim Dika calculations. Rebbe says, Lav Oirach This is not Oirach Ara. This is not the way we do things downstairs in this world. Down here in this world, you have to act with, right? With your feet on the ground. Mutzav You have to act planted in this world. You can't act in this world. Rabbi Huda says Antoninus, you can't start serving me. You can't have, get down on all four and I'm gonna climb on your back because if you have these Shamayim Dika calculations. He said the words, Lav This is not the way we act down here in this world. So you know Rabbi Huda says back, you know, Antonina says back, 
No, no. There's no such thing as the way of this world. The way of this world follows the way it's supposed to be in Shamayim. Okay. So it comes out. Now, by the way, <laughs> the Ben Yoyada takes it even further. Ben Yoyada says, even Esav was aware of such a thing. And Esav says to Yaakov in Parshas Ayishlach, Nisa, Nisa, one day we're going to travel, Yaakov. In other words, he says, me and you, Yaakov, we're going to travel away out of this world together. Venelcha, and we're going to go to the next world. Vielcha lenegdecha, and we're going to come back again. And again, atzigana imcha mina asheriti. And the second time around, I'm going to be serving you. And you know what I'm going to give you? Na, atziga na. You know what na stands for? Nefesh Antoninus. That's what I'm going to give you. Esav says Atziga na amcha min amashariti. Okay. So it comes out that where did the greatness of Antoninus come from? It came from the milk of Rebbe's mother. Milk has a lot of power, right? You know, in the there's always. Uh, in, especially in the United States of America in the last century, there was always different fads, whether nursing was a good thing, was a bad thing. You know, in the, um, about 50 years ago, it was considered barbaric. It was considered something that poor people do. By the way, al Kabbalah, the bina of a child comes through the mother's milk. The understanding, the seichel of a child comes from the, uh, the chal of imay. But what's uh, what Toysus is saying is that gr- the greatness of Antoninus, the greatness that came from the milk of Rebbe's mother. But you should know that this concept, the effect of a mother's milk, is a very well-established concept. If you take a look at Rabbeinu B'chaye, Rabbeinu B'chaye, famous words of Rabbeinu B'chaye in Parshas Emar, Rabbeinu B'chaye says, I were to ask you, are people like their father or are people like their mother? So you say, well, that's uh, 50-50, flip a coin, you know, is it going to be heads or tails? Well, 50% of the DNA comes from the father, 50% of the DNA comes from the mother. Yeah, but. But, says Rabbeinu B'chaye, now, you say, oh, it depends, some people are more like their father, some people, no. There's a general rule, and that is, you're a little bit more like your mother than your father. What? Why is that? Says Rabbeinu B'chayi, there was a person by the name of, <clears throat> right, the Mekalel, the one who cursed Hashem, and the Torah stresses the fact that his mother was V'shem Imai Shloimis Bastibri. Says Rabbeinu B'chayi, why is the Torah saying who his mother was? Because people take on the character of the mother more than the father. You don't like that, right? You want to think your kid is like you. No, sorry. He's maybe... Or she may be 45% like you, 46. That's because he's his father. But, no, that's not, no, that's not what it means, Avram Avram he looked like you, Avram. But, you want know character-wise? Person is more like the mother than the Why? Says Rabbeinu B'chayi. Very simple. You ever drink wine that was in a casket? Wine takes on the taste of the casket. Well... The child is in his mother's womb for nine months. During those nine months, it's like being in a cherry casket. Those nine months influences the child to take on a little bit the character of the mother. 
then, says Rabbeinu Bechaye, the mother nurses the kid. And through the milk of the mother, the nature and the character and the personality of a child is molded, not, we don't know how much, but a little bit more like the mother than the father. But scientists don't say that. They don't know Rabbeinu Bechaye. What can we do? <laughs> He was an RL, but as Toysva says, eventually he was Maguire and he circumcised himself. That was right after the story. Good. Okay. We have not seen that yet. That's why the Caesar said that. We haven't seen that yet. We'll see. We'll see. I'll give you another illustration of the power of milk. Okay? The Psikdarabasi and Parshamem Dalid. On the Pasuk. Moishivi Akeras Habayas. Eim Smecha. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Right? So Eim Abonim Smecha. Who's the Eim Abonim? Sarah. Frak the Medrash. What do you mean Eim Abonim? She only had one kid. Says the Medrash. When Sarah gave birth to Yitzchak, all the Goyim mocked her. They said, oh, very nice. She went to the... Uh, orphanage, she picked up a kid, she's making believe that she's the mother, she ain't the mother, so Avram Avinu says to Sarah, Sarah, show you're the mother, this is not a time for tznius, <coughs> says the Medrash, Sarah then wow. started to nurse her son, and all the babies in the world, they all lined up to nurse from Sarah, says the Medrash, this is the fruition of the Nevoah, Henika Banim Sarah, Sarah nursed children. Says the Medrash. Now some people brought their kids to Sarah. BMS. They wanted their kids to be Zoycha, to have some of the milk of the Sadekas. Others did it just to test Sarah. Says the Psikta Rabasi, nobody lost out. Nobody lost out. The ones that came to be Zoycha to get milk from Sarah, they all converted. And the ones that just came to test Sarah, they were successful. Says the Medrash, if you ever see a successful person in this world, it's because their ancestor nursed from Sarah. If you ever see someone who has Yerashamayim, they nursed from Sarah Be'emes. Anything good that ever is seen in this world came from Sarah Imenu's milk. The ones that drank it Be'emes are Jewish people today. The ones that drank it just to test her, they're successful today. The ones that are neither, they didn't nurse from Sarah. That's what the matter says. So you see the kayaf of the milk of a tzadikas. What? Now, I, I don't know. It doesn't mean necessarily they converted on the spot then and there. Maybe it means throughout history and their descendants. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. By the way, the Chida brings down an amazing thing on the dilemma of Rivka Imenu that Im Kain Lama Zelanoichi. She says like this. You ready? What she says? She says, "My, my father-in-law Avraham. He had some impurity in him from his father that had to come out. So Sarah was very smart. Sarah gave Avraham Hagar. So Avraham's impurity came out in Hagar." They had Yishmael, and now that Avraham's impurity came out, then he lived with me, Sarah says, and we had a tzaddik. 
I thought Yitzchak was completely pure. He had a father, Avraham. He had a mother, Sarah. But now Rivka says, I have an Esav in me. Oh, I made a big mistake. I should have given Yitzchak a Shivcha to live with before he lives with me. To get the impurity out. That's what Rivka was afraid of. Who says this? Says a chidah, he brings it down from the Kadmonim. That what Rivka was worried was the same way Sarah gave Avraham a shivcha. Rivka says, I should have given Yitzchak a shivcha. Says the chidah. So what was the response to that concern? You know what the response is? This is astounding. The response is, Rivka, don't worry. There's no impurity in Yitzchak. I, Esav, at least there'll be converts from Esav. Shmaya Vavtalion, Rameyer, Unklos. But Yishmael? Nobody good ever came out of Yishmael. No one ever converted from Yishmael. Isn't that interesting? No one ever converted. Ah, you'll say! Last Wednesday night we said Yisra HaYishmaeli converted? He didn't convert. He was a Nitzot. He didn't convert. Why is it that there are converts from Esav, and there are no converts from Ishmael. Historically, right? We know, throughout the ages, right? Even you read, you know, after the Holocaust, descendants of Nazis converted. But throughout history, there are always many converts from the Christian world. And from the other world, from the Arabs, nobody ever converts. Why? Says the Chida, in the name of the Arizal. Because Yishmael was in the womb of Hagar. A womb of Hagar doesn't produce anything good. But Esau was in the womb of Rivka. Ah, Rivka's the cherry casket. From such a womb, Gerim could come. But we could add one prat based on what we're learning. And that is, there's another thing that Esau got from Rivka. And that is Esau nursed from Rivka. Yishmael nursed from Hagar. From Hagar, from that milk, nothing good's coming from that milk. But the milk of Rivka had Sadekas. Rivka Imenu, that's why perhaps there are Gerim from Esav and not from Yishmael. Ah, okay. So now, let us proceed on in our path. How exactly, what is this process that the milk of Revi's mother purified Antoninus? What's the mechanism? How, here you have Antoninus, he comes from Esav. And by drinking milk, I know milk gives you calcium, or uh, what else, vitamin A? Vitamin D. Vitamin D, thank you, for vitamin D. Amino acids, protein, and Amino acids, fat, right? It gives you a lot of stuff. And all of a sudden, so here you have a Russia, and he drinks good milk, kosher milk, chal of Yisrael, chal of, you know, bas Yisrael, and now all of a sudden, what's the me- mechanism? So it's a very interesting idea that is advanced in the Sefer Shvilei Pinchas, Pinchas Friedman. He says like this. We know that uh, biologically, you know, a woman has a monthly cycle. She has, she has a vest. And every month, she has a, a cycle of dam. And strangely, when she's nursing, she doesn't have a cycle anymore. What happened to the dam? Well, the Gemara Masech Nida. And the Gemara Masechta B'chayrois and Avav Amidbeis says a very interesting phenomenon. Dam ne'ekar v'nasechalav. The blood congeals and becomes milk. 
yeah, but scientists don't say that. That's because they don't know the Gemara and Bechorahs. If they would know the Gemara and Bechorahs, they would know that the, uh, n- the composition, the, the chemical composition of blood is, Harivanisham, the master chemist, recomposes those, that material and turns it into milk. Esav, we know, is called Admoini. The Medrash says, why Admoini? Because he looks like a murderer. You take one look at Esav, he looks like he's going to shed blood. There's blood all over. He looks like blood. That Rizal writes in Parashas Vayikra, that look at number 16, Bechinas Dam Tomei, Besoit Hu Edoim, he eats red. He eats edaim. He wears red. His whole mahus, his whole essence is blood. He's one big blood man. He's a murderer. He's blood. So how do you transform dam? Esav is dam. How do you purify dam? Oh, we know there's a process. Dam nekar v'nasechalov. Blood is reconstituted into milk. So that's possibly, suggests the Sefer, Likute mamorim. This is possibly the mechanism. Here you have Esav. Esav is bebechinas dam, and through the chalav, through the chalav of the mother of Yehuda Anasi, he is re reconstituted into chalav tahar. By the way, if you look back in Taisvis on Masechet of Adazara, Taisvis introduces his story: chalav metame, chalav metaher, milk. Makes impure, impure milk makes pure. It was the milk of the mother of Rebbe that purified, that purified Antoninus. But what does Taisus mean? Chalav metame, milk makes impure. Who was made impure by milk? Well, now we come to something even more astounding, <clears throat> and that is. You look in the Sefer, Seder Hadoros, a Rabbi Chiel Halpern, which is a historical work, but a very important one, because we have footnotes on the Seder Hadoros from the Chida. And this gives us a clue into what Taisus means, Chalav Mitame. And this is what Rabbi Boaz was alluding to before. You know, Antoninus is now being brought by Rebbe's mother to appear before the Caesar. And he's hungry, so who feeds him? Rebbe's mother. What was Rebbe eating at that time? Rebbe's back in the house of Antoninus. What's Rebbe eating? Oh, you Gerber smashed peas? You know, what's she feeding him? Enfamil? Beech nut? Butternut? Uh, squash? You know, what was she feeding him? Says the Seder Adoris, and he just mentions this Agav Orcha. He says that when the wife of Rebbe brings Antoninus to the Caesar... He says, "The Eishas Hakezer Hoysa Ayheves Leimai Shal Rabbi, the Chlifasai Imai BaAntoninus, the Heni Kasai, the the mother of Rabbi nursed Antoninus, the Eishas Hakezer Hinika LeRabbi, the wife of the Caesar, the wife of Antoninus's father nursed Rabbi." When you're hungry, you're hungry. <laughs> now, where does the Seder Adores get this from? This is uh, probably a quote from a Sefer called Gilgulay Neshamis of the Ramami Pano, where the Ramami Pano writes an amazing thing that Antoninus's mother nursed Rebbe, and she then became the Gilgal, became, 
You know, the Gemara in Shabbos talks about somebody, a man who had to nurse his children. That person was the Gilgal of the wife of the mother of Antonina. So, so now, we, now, now we have all the milk straight. We know who drank which milk. It all makes sense. It's all about milk. Rebbe nursed from the mother of Antoninus, and Antoninus nursed from the mother of Rebbe. Now, you bring up a good point. Is it permitted to drink milk from a non-Jewish woman? No. It's 100% mother. Sure. Of course it's mother. No, why not? Well, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do a lot of things that we do. He's not, supposed to be our leader. <clears throat> okay. supposed to from him, no? No. Not every chumrah that Moshe Rabbeinu did we have to do. No. Yeah, very good. But we don't have to drink the same milk he drank. He also drank milk in the midbar. We don't have to go to the midbar to drink milk, right? There's no halacha. There's no... Are you allowed to drink milk from a non-Jewish woman? Absolutely mutter. It's halacha and shulchanach. Look at number 21. Halach is chalav mitzris kechalav Yisraelis. The milk of an Egyptian woman is like the milk of a Jewish woman. Nevertheless, if you have Jewish milk available, it's a hidr, it's a chumrah not to drink the milk of a Gaya. Why not? Dechalav a'oyvedes kechavim metamtem halev umoylid like tevara. Because the milk of a Gaya will cloud the heart and will produce bad character. Where does the Ramah get this from? The Ramah gets this from the Ran. Who quotes the Rajba? The Rajba says that Meikar Hadin, you're allowed to nurse from a Kusis. However, says the Rajba, it's Midas Chasidus, not to nurse from a Kusis. Why not? Because a Jewish woman is a Rachamon, a Baishan, and her milk will produce good character. However, However, even though technically speaking you're allowed to nurse from a non-Jewish woman, midas chasidus, it's better not to. And that's what the Medrash tells us. That when Moshe Rabbeinu was a young child, and um, he had, they called for him an Isha Meinekes Mena Ivriyos. So the Medrash asked, why do they have to call, her, call for him a Jewish wet nurse? He could nurse from anybody. The answer is, since his mouth was destined to speak with the Shekhinah, it was not appropriate for his mouth to drink from a non-Jewish woman. And therefore the matter says so too, a child, it's midas chasidos, not to drink, not to nurse from a non-Jewish woman. So it would seem though, a little bit difficult to swallow, how Rabbi Huda Hanasi, who is the redactor of Tarash Shabal Peh, and perhaps has given our people its greatest contribution in our history, why Hashkach Pratis would have it that he would have to nurse from the mother of Antoninus. And it's mashma from Taisvis that the same way the Kedusha of Antoninus emanated from the milk of Rebbe's mother, it also says, Chal of Metame. Somehow the milk of a non-Jewish woman could cause impurity. Are we going to say, chas v'shalom, that Rebbe was influenced by the milk of Antoninus's mother? Why, first of all, the Shvile Pincha says this is a question that should not give you any sleep. So if you're sleeping now, you should wake up. Yeah? How is it possible that Hashgach HaPratis has it? That Rebbe would be forced to drink from the milk of the mother of 
Antoninus. What about Dorothy's parents? How come they didn't uh, save? They're in the middle of saving his skin. They're called to seize again. You're left. Meikra did its mutter. How did they give her, the mother of Antoninus, permission? There's no, there's no iser. The question is not that it's us. It's mutter. They had to. If somebody is a, uh, if somebody is in a situation where they don't have food, for the parents not to let them nurse from a guy would be an avera. You have to do it. The question is why the hashkoch would have it. And in fact, it's mashma from Tysus that the milk of Antoninus' mother affected Rebbe Lara. That's why he was a big businessman. <clears throat> so, so it comes out like this. If you look in the Tairas Maisha, I'm sorry for this week's parsha. Not in the regular Taras Moshe, but in the Taras Moshe HaShalem. Taras Moshe says, here Rivka takes the big day Esav, and she puts it on Yaakov. Yeah? That was a halachically questionable thing to do. Because if somebody gives you something to watch, you can't let somebody else use it. Rivka had a very simple Esav. She could go to the costume store, say, I need a bear costume, put on him, you know, rough hair, and they walk in like a, you know, like a bear, like a chayara, why Dafka does he have to go in wearing Esau's begadim? So the Chassam Seifer quotes from his Rebbe, the Hafla, that everything a person does affects them. Whatever you see affects you. You say, ah, I could watch anything, but it won't affect me. That's very foolish. You see something, you're going to do it. You hear something, you're going to do it. You wear something, it also affects you. Rivka knew, knew that this Yaakov, could not tell a lie if his life depended on it. He didn't know how to lie. He didn't know how to finagle. So what's she going to do to get him to be a little bit, you know, deceitful? So what she, what, what, uh, she does is, she says, wear these clothing. They'll have a hashva on you. You'll, you'll wear Esau's clothing. You'll learn how to finagle like Esau. So says the Shri Pinchas, Hashkacha had it. That Rebbe had to do a very important job. But it wasn't a hundred percent kosher v'yasha. Are you allowed to write down Tar Shabbat You're not allowed to write down Tar Shabbat What is it? Chumro natu. An iser drabanon. It's an iser dairaisa. Ki alpi hadvarim ha'ela. Dvarim Shabbat Peh. I atar rashoi. Litnam b'chsav. To the point where it's brought down in many svarim. That if you want to write a sefer... And you're only writing the Sefer for your own fame. What's the heter to write down Tarshaval Peh? So it's not forgotten. I'm not writing it down so it's not forgotten. I'm writing it down. I want to have a good reputation. You're over an Isra Dairaisa of writing down Tarshaval Peh. You can only write it down for the sake of the Torah, not for the sake of your, your business, of your reputation. So, but, Rabbi Yudha Hanasi needed to write down Tarshaval Peh. Kadesh Lord Tishtakach Torah Yisrael. So he had to learn a little bit, had to, you know, bend the rules. So what's he going to do? How's he going to be able to bend the rules? So Yibbam Shalom says, don't worry. I'll give you some of Esau's milk. So Hashkacha had it. The Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi had a nurse, had a nurse from Antoninus to be able to take a little bit of the clip of Esau so that when push comes to shove and he had to violate Es, Lasso, Es, Lashem, Heifiru Tairasecha. You think even last Hashem, Reb Yehuda Anasi needed to take a little bit from Esav. Esav was very well versed in the concept of Heiferu Tarasecha. Reb Yehuda Anasi only took took that when it was Esav Hashem. Where did it come from? The milk of Antoninus. 
The big question is, got milk. Where does your milk come from? Are you nursing from the mother of Rebbe or the mother around him? Oh, so get a load of this. Despite the fact that Hashkocha had it, that Rebbe Huda Hanasi nursed from Antoninos, and he had to, because he had to be the redactor of Tarsha Peh. Nevertheless, the Gemara says in Masachta Ba'am Metzian Da'apehe, Amar Rebbe, Chavivin Yisurin. Rebbe said, Yisurin are very beloved. Kibel Alei Tzlei Sarshni. Rebbe accepted upon himself Yisurim for how long? 13 years. Why 13 years? And the Medrash says further, what kind of Yisurim did Rebbe accept upon himself for 13 years? Not headaches, not stomach aches, not arthritis, toothaches. Toothaches. Why toothaches? You know why? Because what produces teeth? Milk. 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 It's a pasuk Says Rashi that his eyes will be red from wine and his teeth will be white from milk. So even though Rebbe had a right to touch about that, and Rebbe had to drink the milk of Antoninus, but he felt he still needed kapara. So he was makabel yisurim for 13 years. Why 13 years? He was explaining, you know, I had to drink this milk in order to be doyresh, you'd give me doyresh And what kind of yisurim? Toothaches, right? Why? We were the dentists. The dentists were all in Brooklyn. They didn't have dentists in Sipari. So therefore, so therefore, why Dafka toothaches? Because Rebbe was being mechaper. He had a, he had to rid himself of the influence of the milk of the mother of Antonino. And this is what we tell Rivka Imenu. Rivka Imenu was so worried. Rivka Imenu says, what's gonna be with me? I'm gonna have a Yaakov, but I'm gonna, Anoichi, this Esav is gonna take the Tarshabachsav, the Christians are gonna steal the Tarshabachsav, they're gonna take the Anoichi, what's gonna be with Tarshabachsav, Vatelech Lidrosh Es Hashem, she went to find what's gonna be with the Es, the Rabbis Tamini Chachamim, so they said, don't worry, don't worry, you are nursing, you're giving milk to not only a Yaakov and Esav, the milk that you give to Esav, will produce good gerim. And those gerim, the names of, the likes of Antoninus. And Antoninus is going to nurse from the mother of Rebbe. And Antoninus is going to allow Rebbe to have the peace, to be able to put together Tarshabal Peh. And now the universe will have Kiyom, Bereshis Bar Lekim, there'll be a Kal Yisrael, there'll be a Tarshabal Peh. And this is all in the merit of Antoninus nursing from the mother of Rebbe. Have a good day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.